Down. Less than 40, right? Less than 40. Less than 40. Okay, so first and, question uh, actually picks up on page uh, 232. I'm sorry, 222. Right. The numbers at the top of the notes are wrong. So if you have your book, it's in 222, about middle of the page, and it answers the question, why is 1 Corinthians 9, 10, through 14 so critical to us as believers. So maybe we start with reading the verse. Uh, let me get yeah, we, we went through that last week, but I think we struggled on the verses. So, the, well, weren't, weren't those the verses we did last week that we yeah. looked at? Yeah, it's, and it's brought up again in, in uh, Lesson 40 here. But the question is, why is it so critical to us as believers? Yeah. And, yeah. and then we move on to then we move on to the second question. How does the author define the contemporary use of prophecy, which is really where we start to transition into the topic of Lesson 40, I believe. Yeah, that's right. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the scripture and the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Okay. Yeah. 14.2. Yeah. 14 says, But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. How does the author define the contemporary use of prophecy? Okay. But the verse applies to the first question. Why is that passage that uh, Selen just read so critical to us as believers? Yeah. Okay. So that we talked about last week how critical it was to us. We've spent all that time. So Question, let's go to question two because we need to move, we, we need to move on. Yep. So, uh, ask the question again. How does the author define the contemporary use of prophecy? Okay. Anybody can find that? The contemporary use of prophecy? What is prophecy? Predicting a future? Fourth, fourth dwelling or fourth dwelling, helling, <laughs> I can't say. Okay. Yeah. So what, what is fourth telling? Future, um, things that happen, will happen in the future. Well, let, yeah. let's, let's, let's make it, yeah. is, is prophecy something that, uh, uh, is in use today. Let's say I'm having a discussion with Courtney and we're talking back and forth biblically or we're in a Bible study somewhere. Is prophecy between us ever relevant? Only in the sense that you enjoy the benefits of it, but not in the sense that you produce it. Okay. Could could uh, Courtney uh, prophesy to me? He could try, but it wouldn't be prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> Rats. <laughs> Rats. 
so let's talk about, a little more about the, the force telling idea. Maybe I'll ask it this way. Could you say that prophecy, if, if Courtney uh, was to prophesy to me contemporarily, he would be able to explain to me a doctrine that I didn't understand more, uh, uh, more clearly than, than I knew it or did, maybe I didn't even know that the, the doctrine was applicable or relevant. Would that fit under the heading of prophecy? Mm. What do you think? Mm. You don't think so? So, so, what what does the author say about contemporary prophecy? Obviously, you didn't do your homework. <laughs> so, if you have if you have the page, yeah. uh, somebody uh, tell me what it said. And is it on two twenty two? Yeah. I don't. I don't think so. I think we aren't we kicking off two twenty four spirit led prophecy. Mm hmm. Yeah, so you're on 224 show. Oh. What's, what's the author say about it? We're trying to locate it. Yeah, I was still on two, 211 to 214. That's what it said on. That was, that, that was my fault. I didn't. <laughs> I couldn't find anything. <laughs> uh. I apologize for this being so difficult. <laughs> Well, let's see, uh, listen, he who prophesies speaks unto men to edification and exhortation, ex exhortation and comfort. Uh, okay. So right out, I think right out tries to make the point that uh, foretelling is exhortation and comfort. Mm -hmm. I think he's trying to make the point that con contemporary prophecy doesn't have anything to do with new revelation about anything or or new information about anything, and that's what I think foretelling means. It means that. Um, a one person can educate another person about a doctrine or about a an, an issue uh, that comforts them that they didn't really know. I'll give you an example. I was talking to a guy um, oh a week or so ago, and uh, after we, you know, the initial. Back and forth, back and forth, and he knows he's he's on the same page where we are at Holly Hills with the doctrine. But he says to me, "I have a real problem in my life." He said, "I can't I can't stop cussing." Okay, so what do I tell him? And what and if I tell him if, if I give him correct information that he didn't know before, am I prophesying to him?
No, you're exhorting. Okay. Um, I'm exhorting. Would would I be making would I be making a case if I how do I say this? I strongly said to him, "This is it. This is the the answer to your issue. It's not dealing with the individual." Uh, shortcomings you have, it's living in the, it's living in the resurrected life through Christ. Mm. See that? Would that be considered from Rideout's viewpoint a prophecy based on what JD read or whoever read it? Somebody's got to say well, something. Yes, if if that's what he's exhortation, that's what his definition of prophecy is. That's what he says. Yeah. Well, I'll add to it in that from, and I think this is one of the references is first First Corinthians fourteen, verse three. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. There we go. That that's. What I think he's, he references again that it's not new revelation. It's not, that's due, or that was specific to the inspiration of scripture and, and the prophesying there. But this is now, I think the contemporary one is, is one who speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. That is just taking the word and edifying, exhorting, and consoling people using the established word. Okay, what do you think about that, Courtney? <laughs> I think, I, I'm not arguing with scripture. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, well, how about uh, Rideout's take on it? No, I, 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 I don't know, and I unfortunately only have his, uh, I don't have page numbers, because I have just his PDF, so no. I, I, he, he has it in there. I think the same thing, he, he, I looked it up, um, uh, yeah, but, but this brings to our last subject, which I have called prophecy. You will understand that I do not refer here to what is ordinarily termed that, whether prediction or any divine oracle. I use the term now as we find it in the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians. You may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all be comforted. He that prophesies speaks unto men, uh, to edification, exhortation, and comfort. This is a special application by the Spirit of God of truth suited to the special needs of the saints. <laughs> this principle is evident and we can apply it to the entire body of scripture. So okay. I think that's, I think that's what he's saying is that it's not, and it goes on, I think about no <laughs> new revelation, but it's taking the word of God and using it in these, these, uh, specific functions of edification, exhortation and consolation. Okay. So just, just so it's clear. It's different than being um, uh, a teacher um, um, or a, um, someone who can open up God's word. It's a one-on-one. Uh, I think Rideout's, what Rideout's trying to say is that it's really a, a, a almost a one-on-one relationship between two believers or um, or just maybe three, where a truth or a doctrine that's known by one 
is so clearly stated and and encouraged to the other one that the other one gets it and that the spirit of god is in the middle of that and he's informing the the ignorant person through the one who is doing the exhorting slash prophesying mm. for their comfort what yeah i think it, i like the statement Courtney read it, but I want to maybe say it one more time. He says, this is the special application by the Spirit of God of truth suited to the special need of the saints. From there to say, applied to the mind and, and heart and life. And then I really like this part. The word in season is the word of prophecy. So there's a special application, a special need to the saints by the Spirit of God and it's done in season, and that's what he is referring to as prophecy. And I think that's right. And we don't, we haven't talked much about that, but I think that's an applicable um, uh, doctrine that the Spirit does, and 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 it's right out puts puts it under the heading of prophecy. So. I Which really is a little confusing, right? I mean, the word is a little confusing for the a contemporary use of it. Because mm-hmm. it instantly brings to mind, I'm going to prophesy over you, and you're not going to need to cuss anymore because I'm prophesying over you. And you, see, you hear things like that. So to think of it as a way to edify and to uh, exhort and comfort um, is not the common thought when it when you think about Prophecy in the in in our current part of the dispensation of the church, mm-hmm. but that's what the scripture says. Well, and I th- I think uh, we've probably all known people that can uh, come up to us and say just the right thing at the right time, and it isn't information that's new to us. It's just applied in a way that it that it makes sense based on uh, either the issue that the hearer has in terms of lack of understanding. Uh, One of the ways this comes out a lot is um, you have believers, oftentimes in prayer, like speaking over another believer. Mm-hmm. Um, this happened to my daughter, Imran, uh, even at camp, and it was speaking over Imran in terms of her leadership capabilities and where the Lord, where that person saw the Lord taking her as she continues to mature in her Christian life. Um, maybe you guys can talk to me a little bit about speaking into another person's life, because that's the way the terminology comes across when it comes to edification, especially in certain circles. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever been spoken into? Mm. Oh, a lot. And done it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Courtney, you know. <laughs> you know, I guess we're, going back for one thing, Mike, you said, and I, I, I don't know if I agree with it or or whether that's right out or something. Why why does prophecy only have to be one on one? Why couldn't it be in a teaching situation? I I guess it could be. I guess I think, it could be, you know because the thing I like about what Rideout talks about is that it it uh, it uh, satisfies a a specific need to a believer. 
Now, um, you know, we all recognize, like, we have a, a somewhat of a command of the identification truths, and we know the application of that, of those truths, are, are just incredibly edifying to a believer once, once he under, knows them and understands them. And, and, uh, but I find, what I find that, that uh, lots of believers who can give you chapter and verse, uh, on identification don't apply it in their own life. I mean, they don't, I don't know what it is. It's, uh, uh, I guess it's a doctrine they speak, but it isn't applicable for them. And so, um, the edifier or the prophesier may say, well, no, wait a minute, you, you already know, this is what you, what you know and you believe, uh, it needs to be part of who you are, maybe. Mike, in that last, uh, comment, I think that's, uh, one of the biggest problems we have is we learn it in our mind, but it takes 20 to 40 years to get it down to your heart. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I, I think there are people around in the, in Christian circles who, uh, can say things to you and they seem to know. And if you counsel with them, they, they can say things that either point you on the right road or they edify you in such a way that it changes the way that you function. In other words, you, they, they in some manner uh, increase your faith. Maybe is the way to say it. What do you think we're about still, that? Um, yeah, we're still in the context of tongues, though, here. Yeah. How do you mean? Well, we're talking about 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, Pursue love, yet desire earnestly, earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Uh, prophesy. Mm-hmm. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. Mm-hmm. Now, is that out of 1 Corinthians? 1 Corinthians 14. Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure I have the... Because there is a but there in verse 3. Yeah. So you have the, the gift of tongues and the revealing of mysteries... But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. And then it goes on to verse 4, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Yeah. Who prophesies edifies the church. It would, then would you say prophecy is a sign gift? Like tongues are? Cause, cause there's a, no, because in verse 5 he goes on to say, Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, look, look, look at the definition of that word in prophesy and for that verse. It's to declare truths through the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, whether prediction mm-hmm. or otherwise. So it's, again, it's, I think it's declaring truths. We know in God's word what those truths are and we declare it, um, you know, either by guidance from the Holy Spirit to exhort, console, and whatever the, the other um, comfort yeah you know the, the, those are the uh, where did I, 
lost it here. Um, yeah. The, you know, that, that's why we do it to, for edification, exhortation, and consolation. And, I, and again, I think it's from the word prophecy in the Greek is that it's to declare truths, you know, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So I, I, even though this is in the signs, you know, department or, you know, in the, this section where Paul is, is trying to guide them away from tongues mm-hmm. and the gift of tongues, I think he's trying to declare that prophecy is, is also, you know, declaring God's word. You use that to console, exhort, and edify. Yeah, let, uh, from a practical standpoint, let's, let's, let's apply something that would make sense. A, a person, uh, young or old comes to Christ and understands that he, uh, is saved by grace, by faith in the personal work of Christ, right? And that's wonderful news, and he's really, he or she is really excited about that. But fast forward now, um, a few years and the believer is beginning to worry that he can't or she can't overcome a certain sin or sins in their life and they begin to wonder is there did God do more than just forgive me my sins anybody have ever had that kind of an experience or you think that well it's it's one thing to sin and confess sin and confess and I'm getting tired of doing that because I can't I'm always doing it is there something else in, within the, within Christianity Christian doctrine that might uh, lead me to understand that maybe Christ did more on the cross than just pay for the the penalty for my sins and, and the answer is yes he did but I don't know what it is you know and so <clears throat> Here you are sitting sitting with someone and they're, we're talking, we're having this conversation and you're, because you understand identification, you understand the application of it, you begin to instruct them through Romans 6 and other things and show them how not only were their sins forgiven, but there's a principle of sin and that uh, there's, you talk about the two men, new life, uh, old man, new man, new life, and that you were crucified with Christ, buried with him and resurrected. And from from a positional standpoint, you don't have to sin anymore. You don't have to. It doesn't have control over you because of the identification truths. I would say that that fits under the heading or the definition of prophecy. Because really what you've done is you've taken biblical truth, which helps set a person free from the dominion of sin, because we all know that as, as, especially as young believers, uh, that they can't through their own self-effort and their own grit their teeth and go forward or give them a set of rules to put on their refrigerator, that they are not going to be satisfied uh, by failing all the time when it comes to sin. And a person can come along and say to them and, and uh, educate them and exhort them based on identification truths, which does set them free. I don't have to go do that. I don't have to go cuss anymore. 
because I'm not that person. They, un- they begin to enter in to their position in Christ. Well, I think a person who does that is an exalter. One of the huge benefits of, of understanding what we teach at Holly Hills is the fact that you're equipped to exhort somebody. Because most Christians don't understand what we're talking about. You agree with that? And I'm not, and I'm not putting us on a pedestal. What I'm saying is, is that we walk around with some incredible information about freedom for a believer. And it isn't just for us to have. It's to, it's to be given to others so that they can be free too. See that? But like court, or, or like JD was talking about, we, we learn those truths and, you know, we can't wait to tell everybody about them. So we're over talking everybody and we're, you know, we actually make it legal rather than someone who's serious about the fact that, that sin has, as a believer, sin has controlled them. And there's got to be an answer to that because they ran out of gas trying as hard as they could. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. There's a couple statements that maybe we can uh, look into here. Right out says, but we need to have the word brought home to our need. There you go. And that's where he's really kind of getting down to the street level view of prophecy. And he's comparing it to, yeah, I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more greater is the one who prophesies. And the way that right out is wanting us to understand that <clears throat> is that those believers were taking the word of God, the truths of God's word, and in, in delivering it to other believers, and the spirit of God was applying it to their practical needs. <clears throat> so it was, it was this process of the word being brought home to our need through the spirit. He also goes on and says, then the spirit of God would apply to our conscience the truth he had made us see, and the result would be our practical deliverance. There you go. So when you're talking about more than salvation, do you have a need that's beyond salvation? Does the Bible have anything to say about that? Mm-hmm. Have you heard it? Does the process, uh, does the Holy Spirit process it in your life specific to your very need? That's that process that he's trying to help us understand in this passage, I believe. Yeah. I, th- I think that the, uh, we probably don't talk enough about that the Spirit of God creates a need in our life whatever that might be, and he does it so that someone else can come along and show us in the scripture how God has um, met that need. Yeah. Now, I'm not discounting the fact that there are uh, smug believers that don't have needs or don't think they have needs or delude themselves in the fact that they think they've got it all. But uh, the more the more mature believer that I find is the one that's more dependent and who recognizes he's just scratched the surface, you know. Even though the spirit of God has been very gracious to him in teaching him uh, beyond just the uh, birth truths, still the more you the more you know about the word of God, the more humble you become because it's just oh. What God, what God did through Christ on the cross is such a magnificent event. 
that we'll be learning about it, I think, through all eternity. To, 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 and I think that the application, uh, you know, Courtney, I'll give you a great example. And you, you, you brought it up. You have the missionaries in your house, right? And the guy mentions none but the hungry heart. Did that exhort you? Absolutely. Yeah, just coming together knowing the, uh, the, you know, they are very much in with identification truths and that they are very much of the same, same, uh, thoughts. It was, it was extremely encouraging. Sure. Ex- ex- exhorted by that. Yeah. And, and Ingrid, you knew, you've known that you grew up across the street or something from that girl to have her understand. Because you can't, you can't read the hungry heart and, and, and if you don't have an understanding of an identification and position in those things, it doesn't mean anything to you in a lot of cases. And to find out that somebody else, oh my goodness, my friend here not only reads it, but understands it. That's pretty exciting stuff, you know. So. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, we just started speaking the same language. I mean. Yeah. We hadn't seen each other for a long time, but, um, you know, once we got kind of on a roll, it was just, you know, both Courtney and I were just so excited all day, just really lifted our spirits. That's cool. That is really cool. So I think that's an example of what we're talking about, that the Spirit of God just let you know, you know. And I'm sure that uh, when he mentioned that none but the hungry heart, he, he just was mentioning, you know, I don't think he was putting a, some bait out there for you to grab a hold of. It, you just mentioned it, you know. That happens. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just thinking that video that they sent us to look at. I mean, that just showed them both talking, and you know, we all could see their hearts that they sure. get it, and we're all speaking the same language. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's so cool. JD. Yeah, I was just gonna say, my, the first day that we walked into Holly Hills, um, having, you know, been at Good Seed in Canada for five years, um, rallying around a certain type of way of studying the salvation truths from creation to Christ, and uh, the, we drop the kids off, and we get told that, hey, we just want you to know we're going to be studying this book. It's called The Lamb, and you know that's the resources that we have been working on for five years, and it was like instantaneously. And, and it wasn't the fact that it was the lamb or that it was the hungry heart or that it was Miles Stanford or John Cross. It was the fact that it represented a collection of truths taught in a certain way that was handling the handling of the scripture properly that all of a sudden dropped a guard. And then we could get into the scriptures together. Then we could actually start to talk about the things of the Lord in the same way because we were operating from the same foundation. Yeah. Uh, and that that really is the reason why we're at Holly Hills because of that very moment. Um, it just opened us to everything else that we didn't understand about identification truths because we knew that you had the gospel down. Right. And so, um, and that's, that, that is definitely one of the ways that I think, uh, the Holy spirit works in this exhortation and edification and comfort. He brings us to a place of, we see the same things, but now what does it mean? You know, how does it apply? What does it mean to you? Um, right out talks about we're not uh, we're not to be merely students of the word, but obedient to it. This is affected by allowing the spirit to apply that word. 
So we study, but then we get to apply it together and we get to see each other struggle through those things, right? Like I know kind of what you struggle with and you know what I struggle with. And we encourage one another in the body of God's word and the Holy Spirit processes it into an obedience in our lives. And so those, those one talks as we, I've called them before where you just instantaneously get on the same page with someone. Not so much about where you went to school or what the resource was exactly, but that it represents God's word taught in a, in a way that you believe is the right way. Um, and that just opens up all kinds of edification. Yeah. Yeah. One, one last story and then we'll close. Um, Dennis Roxer, who was the pastor at uh, Bible Church, um, after 40 some years, uh, retired from there and went to a small town in Georgia and a church plant and took over that church. And over the weekend, he had his, he's really great at conferences, right? So he has a one day conference and, uh, uh, I happened to be talking to Brian White last week and I mentioned that to him and he said, Oh, I didn't know that. He said, that's only two hours from me. I think I'll go. So he gets up on Saturday morning. Uh, yesterday morning at, at five o'clock and he drives to this town and he goes, he sits and listens to Dennis Roxer and John Clark both had things to say and he meets both of these guys and he called me on the way home. He was so edified. <laughs> it, it was like, you know, he wanted to turn around and stay there, but he had to get home. But he drove four or four or five hours yesterday just to go and listen to a guy, a couple of guys for two hours because of the importance of what they had to say. And he was so edified. Uh, you know, he called and we talked for 10, 15 minutes on the phone while he was driving home. So that's how it happens, I think. Uh, mm. and he, I can tell that he thought the trip was Way worth it, you know, for him to get up early and go up and just check it out, you know. It's mm. cool. You, you know, the last thing, Mike, before we close is, you know, this is all correct and true. I think it's versus the the opposite, which some take today of prophecy as being new revelation. Right. It, it is by no means new revelation. We'll get also to in the into the third question about do we need prophets today. Right. I, I think that'll be the, the next question on Monday or next Sunday, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's very much what we've talked about is different than what some people take prophecy to be today, right. which is new That's revelation, right. a new vision, yeah. a new whatever. No, the revelation is in God's word and it's complete. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's close to Father, how we thank you again. Thank you for saving us, especially me because I didn't have my notes. It was a great discussion. We thank you for, again, the fact that uh, as believers we're dependent on one another and dependent on your spirit to teach us, to keep us moving. So we thank for that. And we pray in your son's precious name. Amen.